Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. Welcome to episode three. As we dive into our episode today, what a joy it is. Episode three, I can't I can't even begin to fathom. I mean, I've only been doing this for three weeks, and I'm just having so much fun with this. I hope that you are enjoying this. I hope that you enjoyed our conversation last week with Sarah Locke. This week, I have uh, another pastor joining us. I have Alex Joyner, who serves up in Charlottesville, Virginia, and he'll uh, tell us a little bit more about himself as we get into the podcast. Uh, but we are here today, and we're going to be exploring goals. We're going to be exploring what it means to to have achievable goals, what it means to be motivated to accomplish our goals, and we're going to do all of this as we hear Alex's journey of running the 2021 Richmond Half Marathon. I mean, he he had an amazingly fun time. So I was right there with him um, at the Richmond Half Marathon. I did not get a chance to see him finish, but but we kept in touch throughout the whole process and. And he, uh, we, we didn't get to catch up at the end of the race, but we caught up via messaging after the race. And he had such a great time. And this really began to set the stage for him as he enters this, this next phase, as he just is looking forward to all of these in-person races. I know that many of us probably miss these times. And so as we dive into our episode today, I invite you to, to listen to Alex's journey and to begin to contemplate what goals you have going on and coming up in your life. What do you want to accomplish and, and, and what is achievable about them? And so as we dive into this episode today, let's hear from Alex and about Alex's journey. Okay, yes, we are here with Alex Joyner, and we are here today uh, talking and unpacking a little bit more about goals and about visions and about what that looks like for an active lifestyle. And so before we get too deep in our conversation, Alex, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, Who are you? Uh, Where do you call home? And how do you serve God? Yeah, thanks. And thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to be here. I'm Alex Joyner, and I am currently in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, serving First United Methodist Church as uh, the pastor, and that's uh, my my primary location. So I've only been here for about three months. I I, I still uh, have residual uh, attachment to the Eastern Shore where I've just spent 16 years. (laughs) Beautiful running views over there on the Eastern Shore. Yeah, and much flatter. Let me tell you, it's not—it's not near. The hills have been a surprise. <laughs> so we've got another pastor joining us here today, friends. I promise, at some point in time, I will get some lay people to speak about their journey. But I just—I wanted Alex to come and join us today. So uh, before we get started into our conversation, we also like to ask our uh, our guests, Alex, how are you active? Well. Um, running has been the main thing for me in the last few years or last 12 years. It's, it's old. I, when I was uh, in high school, I ran cross country. And so that was uh, a a big way for me to be involved, but I really was not very active at all and an organized spiritual, uh, physical way until about my early forties and then had a real return to activity, which has been wonderful. Uh, and, and initially it was swimming. Uh, I, I really enjoyed swimming, but I didn't have always have access to the pool once I went to the Eastern shore. So, and I developed a shoulder issue 
And when that happened, uh, I tried out uh, boxing and then I uh, went to running. So uh, <laughs> you've, you've run a large, a large gamut of things, you know, Sarah and I, and, and, and we were talking in our last episode about all those things that go into like how we define ourselves as runners and all those other activities we've done. Um, but it seems like over your life, you've just, in, you've just been in and out of a bunch of different activities. And so here on the active faith podcast, we love to unpack that. Why, why do you, why are you active? Uh, when, when the days are tough, when, when it feels hard, when you're stressed, when you're feeling tired, like what, why do you get out the door? What are those things that get you out the door to go on that run? Well, I heard your, your initial podcast and Sarah's, uh, last week too. Uh, and you both mentioned family as part of your, uh, reason. And I think Initially, that was the reason for me too. I really felt a strong desire to um, to get in better shape, but for the sake of you know being there for my kids and and you know I don't have any grandkids yet, but if we're blessed with them, I would love to be uh, available and, and active with them. So that was the initial thing that got me out the door. But you know, is it possible for me to claim uh, five or six whys now? Because oh the, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Every year, it seems, every year it seems like there's there's some new uh, new thing that keeps me going out the door, and and it's still hard to go out the door. But uh, so besides the general health uh, that and and wanting to stay active and healthy is uh, for me it's a creative thing. Uh, I I believe that uh, running and activity. Um, I did a lot of dance with when I first met my wife, and uh, we, we did clogging, and those kind of activities unlock creative things. And I think there are parts of us we don't know until we get moving. So it's always helpful for me to go uh, running to clear my head, to think about a problem differently, to think about a sermon or a story in a different way. Um, so that's that's a why mental discipline is a is a huge thing. I could talk a, a lot about that, but I, just especially long distance running has been uh, really great for other activities and uh, learning to learning to take the idea that a half marathon is thirteen one mile runs is really useful for a lot of other things that require that kind of dedication. <laughs> uh, uh, I remember I, I, a few years ago I went to. Um, teach course of study, which is uh, in the, in the Methodist system, how a lot of local pastors get their, their training. And I was asked to do it in Burundi. I, I'd never been to Africa before. I had to look up Burundi on a map. And I had about two, two weeks to get together a course to go and to teach 140 students for eight hours a day for 10 days straight. Uh, and just the endurance of doing that mentally and physically <laughs> Uh, really drew on that uh, half marathon training. And I, I think every day I got up and I thought, okay, this is the first mile and next hour is going to be the second mile. And, uh, and, and it worked. So, yeah. And then the final thing I'd say just about why is that I don't, I, I'm kind of an introvert naturally, but it's given me a community that I didn't expect. And it still feels wild to me to think that I could have conversations about running and uh, athletic kind of things, because I'd never thought of myself as being very athletic. But here I have all these new folks who 
um, are doing the same sort of thing and, and the kind of conversations have been really rich. So. And it sounds like in a lot of that, one of the things that drives you as you can continue to unpack that why, and each one of those whys is the nature of moving forward. And I think as we consider our lives as active people, much like we consider our lives as faithful Christians, moving forward is a part of the game. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on this week is to talk about that nature of moving forward. Because a lot of times in our manner of physical activity, whether we're running, whether we're cycling, whether we're swimming, whether we're doing whatever physical activity there is, there, there often appears in our minds those limitations that feel like they can stop us. And for some people, they'll stop at those physical limitations. They'll maybe assess them for a little while. They'll look at them and, and find ways to move forward. And so we inherently set goals that continue to move us forward. And so as we think about being active and our whys behind being active, what is that nature of how goals come about in your mind? What motivates you to, to, to go further? How, how do you approach that goal process in your mind? So, so I know this is not an Enneagram podcast, <laughs> but uh, I after hearing uh, the last two episodes dominated by threes on the Enneagram scale, uh, I think it's important to have some uh, variety here. And I'm an Enneagram four, uh, evidently. Uh, so uh, as, as a four, you know, we, we're not into the competition. In fact, it, it probably doesn't matter if there are any other runners in the race. It's there. We have totally self-motivated reasons for going. Um, but Having said that, I really setting goals uh, for physical activity uh, is important for me because it keeps me disciplined and to have something to train towards is really, really helpful. Um, so I try to keep a race in the foreground uh, uh, to um, keep me uh, engaged in, in the training process. And I have come to enjoy those races. I, they... Um, I, I, I'm a slow runner and never go into the race thinking I'm going to, you know, I'm going to beat everybody in my age category. Uh, but, uh, I do go in thinking, well, maybe I, I can get a, a, a better time than I did the last time. Maybe I can feel better than I did the last time. And just kind of comparing where I've been and seeing the, seeing that kind of progress is good. And, and even, you know, I'm 57 years old, so it's, um, the, you know, the, the exciting thing is that uh, there's some things and endurance is one of them that do get better the older you, you get. And so being able to compare where I was with our, where I am now is, is important and, and encouraging. Yeah. And I think we can talk about those comparisons as sort of a double-edged sword because you talked a little bit ago when you were talking about your how and your why that you did do some cross country in high school and in that sense, you know, as someone who ran cross country in high school myself, uh, and as someone who uh, I guess is still at the age where I feel like I can compare myself to my high school self, but how do we how do we not? This is this is more of a personal question than anything else. Uh, but our, our, the listeners are hopefully going to get a lot out of this. Is like, how do we do that work of not comparing ourselves to like our past selves? Like, how do I not get lost? 
in, oh my gosh, when I was in high school, I ran this pace and this speed and I was so quick. And, and now that I'm like this age, I feel so slow and sluggish. Like, cause that, cause that can be a very dangerous mindset. And I think as we've, we've, uh, we've talked, uh, when we talked with Sarah last week and, you know, as, as you've probably seen in our group, comparison can be one of the most detrimental things to an active lifestyle. And when we talk about goals and we talk about comparing, like, what does it look like to compare? How do we not get so lost in our minds? Like, this is like, this is going to be, this, this feels like the important thing here of, of how do we not get lost in the comparisons, but still to do it in a way that helps us to grow and mature. Well, one of the things that helps is if you're a really lousy high school athlete, which, I, which is, so I, I, I was the, I was the dreamiest cross country runner you, you, you probably ever met. Cause I, they would, I live, I, I grew up in orange Virginia, which is a very rural place. And so the place where we would run with or out on these country roads. So after I got uh, off the main, main road, you know, I could go hours without seeing any, any cars. And, um, that was a really great environment to just kind of really slow down, even to walk sometimes and just, uh, think about, you know, the, whatever, whatever was, uh, was going on in my life. So, so I, I don't think I really had the discipline. So, uh, so when I look back on, on where I was, I can appreciate that it's not just that I feel, uh, you know, maybe, I mean, that I feel faster or anything like that. It's that I, 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 that I appreciate the depth of experience that I've got with it. I, I have so many different layers to, to compare it to. So I think that's one of the richness. One, one of the rich things about aging, I think is that your ability to bring so many lenses to what you're doing. So now when I go for a run, um, I'm, there are days when it's the dreamy Alex who's thinking about other things. There are days when it's just, Oh, I remember this kind of weather last year and what's changed since then. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that muscle didn't hurt last year and it does this year. What's the new thing I can do to help that, uh, that situation. So I, I think it's just uh, adds some great texture when uh, the, the longer you go. And I think that groundedness uh, really puts us in a place where when we are or are not evaluating ourselves sort of year over year, you know, if I'm looking at the race that I ran this year in Richmond versus the race that I ran two years ago in Richmond, you know, there are certain ways in which we can compare ourselves, especially since it's the same race, the same course, all of that stuff. But there's also this nature of, of recognizing that there are growth in certain places. And so like, for me, I'm like, oh, I didn't walk, but like my time was only like a minute or two faster. And so, but I didn't walk. Like what a great accomplishment that was. And I mean, putting into it that that was my goal in that race was to not walk. Uh, but when we go about setting goals and we go about sort of this act of comparison, you know, are we looking for ourselves to necessarily always be faster, always be stronger? Or are we looking for that nature in which we can recognize maybe the smaller amounts of growth that happen along the way? And then we can celebrate those alongside of the bigger ones. 
And I think that when we start talking about goals, that becomes such a vital and important part of this, especially when it comes, you know, even even when it comes to comparing, whether we're comparing ourselves from two years ago or 10 years ago, that we're able to sit in that sort of that we're able to sit in that space and say, look how I've improved, look at what I've done and look at how much better I I feel or uh, that I understand myself. And so I want to focus, actually, it's the same race that I just ran, uh, yeah. but, but you ran it too. You ran the Richmond half marathon uh, and yeah. you, you finished, which I will say, I'm just going to stop it there because I have to remind myself to stop it there. You finished and finishing is an accomplishment in and of That's itself. Right. Um, but I want to talk about how you set your goal and, and what your goals were for this race. So I, you know, the more I run half marathons, I've only done about probably 10 or 12 my, in in my life, but, um, but it's kind of like a stream. You never step in the same stream twice. You you never, I, I don't feel like you ever run the same race the same twice because something's different each time and and you learn something new. So this felt like an entirely new race to me. Uh, And, and I feel like this is the first time I kind of got it. (laughs) Um, I I didn't go, usually when I go into these races, my goal is just to, you know, just to finish, just to be able to be there at the end. Um, But I had done uh, some tempo training this time, which really helped me in trying to learn to shift gears in the the middle. So trying to do some tempo runs in which, you know, you move from a mile pace to a 5K pace to a 10K pace and and back and forth so that you can pull in those gears when you need it. And uh, I had this really fantastic experience. Um, Well, first of all, can we talk about the race now or is that? No, yeah, go good. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> there, the um, the first of all, the weather was fantastic that day. I don't it think was. The it was beautiful. Been better than ever. And the other thing that really helped me is having lived on the eastern shore, where there are absolutely no hills. Um, the biggest uh, hill we had was the Tasley Overpass. Um, it, to move to Charlottesville to do training, uh, where there are hills everywhere, and and which I, you know, had had many bad words for, for the first three months I was here, but really came to appreciate when I went back to Richmond, which has fewer hills to, to do the race. Um, so those all had, had an impact. Um, but there was this really great moment. I, we were going where the, where the turn is made from broad street to Boulevard. And, uh, I just said to myself, you know, I'm going to just try out, uh, my 5k pace here until I get over the overpass that goes by the diamond and see see how it goes and i and i did that and i didn't i didn't want to stop i wanted to stay at that pace and for the next six miles i got faster every mile that has never happened to me before um so um you know and so by the time i got to mile nine which is usually where i'm saying am i gonna survive and am i gonna be walking am i gonna be there at the finish line instead i was thinking you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it, and not only am I gonna make it, I can really think about the time. And um, and 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 I, at that point, it was pretty clear I was gonna it was gonna be the fastest time I'd ever run. So, um, yeah, it was a remarkable race. So now I feel like it. it uh, I, I want to do it again to see if it wasn't a fluke, <laughs> but it gives me confidence to try something else too. So. And for those of you who don't know, Richmond the the half marathon itself is a very interesting race because. 
it's not a very hilly course except for like certain moments. And uh, the moment of the race that Alex is talking about where he felt really strong is the hilliest part of the race. And coming out of the hilliest part of the race to say that at mile nine, he felt really good. Uh, Alex, mile eight is about the time where I normally uh, just completely die out in that race. Um, but it's really good. And it highlights the and it highlights one of the important things that we keep in mind when we are setting goals. And that's where our body is. And so one of the things that we are that we have to do as active people is we have to be attuned to our body. We have to know what's going on with our body, right? And so as we're in training, we're constantly listening to our body, right? And, and when something hurts, we, we do a body check and we scan and we evaluate. And it's like, does that hurt because of, of the training? Like, is it a good hurt or a bad hurt? Um, do I need to get medical attention? Do I just need to kind of ice and rest for a couple of days? And the same thing when we're in a race, because one of the things that you just highlighted for us, which I think is great and amazing, is the fact that our goals can change at a moment's notice. Like in, in an instant, our goals can change based off of how we feel, because when we're in tune with the, how our body feels. And so if I have a really good training cycle leading up to a half marathon and I get to the race, but on race day, I just feel bad. I'm like, all right, I got to adjust. And so like, I kind of had a, I had a little bit of a similar uh, situation to you, but, but also opposite. So my lead up, my lead up to the half marathon this year was not great. And so like early in the spring, I had uh, some foot problems and I had to do some physical therapy. And then just for the rest of, of the summer, which I hate summer training, it's so hot. Uh, it, it, it is terrible. And I just, I was going into race day and I'm like, I just want to get to this race so that I can race. Cause I'm like, if I have to wait any longer, I'm going to, I'm just going to be out of, I'm going to feel out of shape. Um, and then I get to the race itself. And because I had that buildup, you know, I'd had this great idea that I was going to come in and, and set a personal best for myself. And the, the race that I ran was about, uh, I think it was like 10 or 11 minutes off of the fastest half marathon I've ever done in my life, um, which I thought I could do. But I was proud because in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hit that goal. And I had to make, I had to transition in my mind because of how my body felt to say, okay, I need a different goal. I need to know, I need something that feels attainable for myself because if I, and my wife accuses me this of all the time, I go to races and then I run. And when I get done, I, I haven't hit my goal because I set these outlandish goals when I'm trying to do things. And I just come back and I'm in a terrible mood the rest of the day. So when I got ready for Richmond, I was like, my wife told me, she's like, oh, you're going to come back. You're going to be upset. You're not going to have done like the job that you wanted to do. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This year, uh, I said, this year I'm, I'm changing that. Like my goal is to run the whole race and to finish. And when I got back and she asked me, she's like, well, how did you do? I said, I ran the whole thing and I finished. So what was your time? And I, I told her my time. I was like, you know, it took me an hour and 49 minutes. And she's like, how do you feel? I'm like, I feel great about it. Because uh, I think that there's that highlight thing that when we're listening to our bodies and we're understanding where our bodies are in relation to who we are as an active person, that our goals kind of fall into place. And so as we dig a little bit deeper in that, what, do you, what does that mean for improvement? What, do, what does it mean for improvement if it's not necessarily like, okay, we're not looking for personal bests, 
necessarily. We're not looking to like always be running more distances. But if, if we're kind of taking that approach into our understanding of goal setting, what does improvement look like for us? Or how do we define improvement? Mm. Yeah, well, it's, that's a great question. So I think that uh, we, um, I, I think I want to learn something new every time I go into a race. You know, I think I think it's the, that learning style. So some sometimes it might be, yeah, I want to try to set a, a personal best on this race, but for me going into the next half marathon, it's going to be, what what did I do last time that's going to help me, and, and how can I build on that? So you know, having that, knowing that two miles in, I want to try to hit that five k pace to to kick me into another gear and to see how long it will take. You know. I, can I plan some other times to, to do that throughout the race and, and see what that does and just, uh, and, and just to learn something new about it and to pay attention to how I'm relating to other runners. That's the other thing that I, you don't really get in training is, you know, especially I don't run with groups very often, but uh, you know, do, if you're doing solo training for three or four months ahead of time, and then suddenly you're surrounded by 10,000 people, it makes a difference. <laughs> so uh you know, what am I going to learn about how I interact with other runners? And, and, and that was a fun part. I, you know, I put myself in a wave that I thought I would, was right for me, but you know, I, I was obviously faster than I thought. So I ended up passing a whole lot of people during the race and that's a totally different experience <laughs> for me than, than one being passed. So, um, yeah, I, I think we can, I, I think there's something to learn and it's, it's not just about, um, the, the the time or the pace or the cadence it's it's uh, something uh internal that we'll, we'll know more about ourselves and and so when we when we think about that measurement of improvement i i think that's a great definition of improvement as we think about learning things because we can we can both learn things as a matter of improvement and learn how to make ourselves faster quicker stronger, you know, to, to hit those sort of physical goals while also maybe considering the life lessons or the, uh, the, the understanding of activity that we gain, right. The, the theology of self-care that we build out of that, we can hold both of those together instead of having to sacrifice one for the other, because I think the mindset that we can get into is if, if I'm running half marathons and I'm always like, I'm always going after that personal best. What happens in those times where I don't hit that personal best? How do I recover from that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just makes me think about the, the role. What for me is a big part of this is gratitude. I, I, I don't think I would have named it that except at this moment, thinking about it, but there, there's, you know, no matter what I'm doing, there were times on that course where I was just thinking, what a privilege it is to be out, out, out here, you know, be part of this huge thing and to have this body moving like it is at this age <laughs> and, uh, and to be able to, to think that, yeah, I'm not only going to finish it, I'm going to feel good. Um, it's, it, it, it in, in that case, it's not about the ambition or, or the, um, the excellence of it is just about the gratitude of being there. Yeah. So I think 
you know, a diff- they're different emotions and different mm-hmm. different levels. Yeah. Of course, as and a so- three on an enneagram scale, I think I would, you know, I'd have a, I'd have a more competitive outlook. I think. <laughs> Well, and and like I and like I talked about in in the trailer and and I've talked about before sort of in in our interactions and in interactions on our on our active Methodist Facebook page is is that it it is that kind of double edged sword like when you have that competitive spirit of a three and friends this is my weekly disclaimer that this is not an Enneagram podcast. But I was thinking as I was listening to last week's episode, I said, but you know that to know yourself helps you to to achieve more things. And so to know what number you are on the Enneagram can maybe help. But but as I think about that nature as sort of like a competitive three or a competitive person, there's that there is that nature in which not achieving my goals becomes something that maybe could be a little bit more devastating to my active lifestyle. And so I think it's a reminder of being grounded in that understanding that yes, we can measure ourselves against our goals, but we can't compare ourselves against who we think we should be. And so what's the healthy, what is that healthy balance of goal setting that comes into place? So uh, you're, you're red. Are you, are you going to run Richmond again? <laughs> um. I think I probably will. You know, I, I I'm. Uh, You'll run another half marathon. I guess that's kind of what I'm. Well, I'm, it, what I'm thinking right now is I'd, I'd I'd love to run the Charlottesville ten miler in the spring, okay. and then I'd I'd like to find a late spring uh, half marathon to run, and then see what see what I feel like. I'm I'm a. I'd love to say at some point I could do a whole marathon. So if, but, but I don't want to jump to that because I I want to see what this half marathon life is like for now that I feel like I finally got uh, something new out of it. No. And I think, and, and that names where I was going to go is, is the, is that nature of progress, right? We're, we're yeah. moving forward. And so when we hit one goal, right, your last goal was, was the Richmond half marathon. And, and there were, there, there may have been time goals. There may have been just achievement goals associated with that is we cannot continue to improve if we do not continue to progress forward. And so as we think about continuing to set goals, it says, okay, I've done this. And what drives us forward is that idea to move on to that next goal, to continue to set those goals. And so the competitive nature that I hold tells me that, you know, I need to not only set goals, but I need to hit goals. And so when I don't hit goals, what is sort of the, what's sort of the hit that my motivation takes from not hitting that goal? And, and so if my motivation takes a hit, am I more or less likely to go for, to go for another goal? Like if I completely bonk out of a race and completely miss the goal altogether, then am I going to be more or less likely to go back? And I think that there's a nature in which being grounded and understanding our motivations and, and even being grounded in that understanding of, of reaching our goals and, and learning new things and achievable goals really helps to set in mind, okay, even if I don't hit this goal, what am I going to take away from this race? And so we have that before reflection and then the after reflection, which which you've highlighted for us in that understanding of looking back on the race. Okay, what did I learn about myself, right? So if I have a goal of, of one fifth of an hour and 50 minutes for a half marathon and I don't hit it, you know, I hit, you know, 152, 153, I, I think growth 
as a person who's active and growth in a theology of self-care tells us that, okay, even when we don't hit our goals, can we still learn something? And what's the motivation behind that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, boy, there, I mean, there are a hundred questions after a race where you're thinking about the last three months, you know, what, what did I do? Right. What did I do wrong? What could I have done more of? Um, what do I need to give myself grace about? Because, uh, you know, life was like it is. Um, so, um, I, I think, yeah, there are a million opportunities to learn and, um, yeah, it, the goals help give a horizon, but there's, there's all sorts of things to look back on ahead of that horizon. And so if you were going to kind of wrap up this conversation a little bit and say, and, and maybe answer the question, how, how do you set a goal, right? I, I'm not, I'm, and, and I want to ask this in a way and say that I don't, I don't want you to think that you're being an expert right now. Uh, I don't think, you know, we're Good. all in the process of learning, uh, but but to offer support and motivation to say, hey, you know, this is what this is what Alex does and 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 this is what Andrew does and this is what other people do. You know, how do you go about setting a goal? Like what goes into a goal for a race or even for just a run? Uh, yes. So. Uh, well, so I I think. I'm a, a very process oriented uh, and I don't think I, I like to set a goal just so that the goal is done <laughs> so, so that it provides a framework and a discipline for everything. So uh, I'll sit down like, like I just said about thinking about the spring and think, well, what would really help me organize my exercise and training for the spring is just to say, I'm going to do the 10 miler and then I'm going to do a half marathon. Um, and then I don't think much about those goals beyond and and i i am kind of slavish and disciplined to a, a a training app and i'll just do whatever it tells me to do <laughs> um and that that's uh so it, it, so then it's just the discipline of getting up every day and saying okay this is what i'm supposed to do today and going out the door um and that's not always easy but um uh, I've really appreciated the discipline. And I think that kind of returns us back to the why of, of, you know, yeah. what gets us, what gets us out of the door when, when things seem tough. And, and a lot of what I hear in that is, is you have things that you've put in place in your life that help it. So that goals almost become the, that you move from race to race and the goals just kind of fall into place. Uh, you talk about, you know, the resources that you have, whether it's a training app or uh, or maybe a coach or, or, or whatever we have that that you walk along that journey. And so there's often a natural progression. Uh, mm -hmm. I, too, am one who just loves to follow race after race. I'm already registered for Richmond for next year. Um, I am am registered to run a half marathon in the spring that I actually registered for in 2019. And they just kept pushing it back and back and back. And I'm just like, I just want to run this race. <laughs> um, uh, thank you, pandemic. <laughs> um, but there are those resources. And so you, you get along this journey and you say, okay, this is what I did at this race. If I can commit myself to this training plan and I can see myself doing this, I could see myself running you know, 215, 210. Um, what did you do Richmond in? Uh, 229. That 229. Was, uh, 
Yeah. So we're going to get, we're going to 220. That's your goal, right? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. No, but, but it, but, but to, to say that it, it helps us to progress forward in whatever way that brings us forward into manageable goals, not goals that we think are outlandish, right? We're not, we're not asking you to set the, any, any sorts of world records. We're not asking you to run with the, the elites or, or, or any of them. We're just asking you to do what's best for Alex. Yeah. Right. And I think when we answer that question of, okay, what, what is, where is, where is Alex Joyner right now? And what's the best that I can put in if I put in the discipline and the effort and then the other side of that becomes the the reflection that we talked about. And so we put into that the goals. And um, when we make goals, we, we go into the process and we use those resources that are available. So whether it's the coach, whether it's the training, uh, whether it's just the discipline that feeds into. And as we go along the journey, a lot of times those goals just naturally fall into place. And so if if we start a if we start a training season and say you're running a half marathon and you say okay my goal for this half marathon is to run a 225 and and you're feeling really good you know in the first few months of training and then you just kind of hit some roadblocks it's like okay well maybe i need to adjust my goal maybe my goal this time instead of 225 maybe it just needs to be 230 and i just need to say okay this is what i'm learning a lot about myself as I embark on this journey, and maybe it becomes about resilience. Maybe your goal becomes about resilience. Maybe your goal becomes overcoming obstacles, overcoming limitations. Maybe your goal comes in understanding limitations, and you focus less on a time goal this time, but more saying, okay, you know what, right now, I just need to know that I can run 10 miles, and I'll run 10 miles, and then, then maybe I'll like walk jog the rest. Mm-hmm. And so it, and, and again, it all returns back to that understanding of ourself and where that understanding of self comes from. Right. And so when we think about goals, it really rests and resides in that nature. Um, and so let's, let's move to these end of podcast questions. Uh, and like I told Sarah last week, this is, I, I don't want to think of this like a rapid fire because I think that each one of these questions they're questions that I want every guest to answer because I want, I think that there's so much richness in just these three questions that gets us. And so Alex, what makes you feel accomplished? Outside of uh, running or just uh, in, in, in any sort of, in any sort of nature of life, what makes you feel accomplished? Yeah. Achieving uh, a goal that, that takes a lot of discipline to get there, you know, is not, not a flash in the pan thing, but something that every day a piece was added. And by the time it comes, you can just enjoy it. Yeah. I can wholly and totally relate to achieving goals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, who do you go to when life gets tough? Well, I think it depends on what is going on. Uh, of course, I've got a fantastic and understanding spouse who, um, is never going to run with me, but recognizes that I'm a better human being when I go out the door to run. So I'm grateful for her. Um, uh, my therapist, that's a, that's been really helpful to process a lot of that with her. And, and I have an, uh, another clergy person who's an accountable, uh, accountability partner and, um, he's also a runner. So it's, it's helpful to, um, share the, those kind of struggles together too. So. 
And then what are the other ways aside from physical activity that you practice self-care? So about five years ago, I made a big switch from being a night owl to being uh, an early morning person. It was easier than I thought it was going to be. I was just realizing that I was staying up really late at night, but what I was doing with that time was not, uh, you know, my, my brain was not in this, in the place where I could do anything very productive or, or, or interesting. So uh, instead of going to bed at two o'clock, I started getting up at five o'clock and now it's four o'clock um, because it's uh, a, a, a time, it, it ensures that I've got the time to do the exercise in the morning. It, uh, I have a meditation group that meets online at six o'clock. That was kind of a gift of the pandemic. Uh, so uh, having time to meet with that meditation group then to do journal writing and reading. Um, so that early morning time is really critical and I, I'm much better off uh, when I take that time. And I think we can all see that, you know, I, I've, slipped away from my early morning runs unfortunately uh the winter doesn't help with that you know what i just i don't like extreme temperatures they're just not fun at all i i want a nice cool like somewhere between like 47 and 55 degrees is that too much to ask at any point in time i mean (laughs) just as long as the weather's in there I'm going to have to take you with me to every, uh, I, for the last few years, I didn't do it last summer, but the, the last two years I went to, um, Wichita falls, Texas, because they have the, in, in the last Saturday in, um, August, they have the hotter than hell six, uh, 10 K. So, um, the challenge is down. The gauntlet is thrown. Oh no. Oh gosh. See, the problem is, is, is you're speaking, you're speaking to a three about a challenge and yet, yet, yet you are combining just my worst thing about running in anything warmer than like 80 degree weather. I'm just hoping you confront your fears. That's all it is. (laughs) Alex is now setting my goals for me. Um, man, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just, it, it's great because as a, as a body, we grow together. Um, and, and for those of you who are listening, just like, just like Sarah was, Alex has been, uh, on a lot of these European and American journeys that we have been on. Um, and, and, and they're just so much fun as we gather together, you know, we're going to have, uh, an episode coming out in a, cu- in a couple of weeks, maybe next week, about community, about this nature of community together, um, but really establishing that nature of, of goal setting, as we've talked about today, uh, that not only drives us as individuals, but collectively together. It's not just to, to kind of speak to this last thing. You know, I can bring we can bring ourselves together around common goals together so whether it's 5000 kilometers over the course of what is it like 4 months or 2500 kilometers over the course of 2 months as a collective group together you know those are some of the things too that help us to move forward so alex here joking that he's going to take me to wichita falls and have me run in 100 degree weather you know it, it it would be about par for the course for how we bring each other along to help achieve our goals in running but but yeah, so Alex, I want to thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, what what a blessing it has been for us to, to sit here and chat about these goals. Well, thank you for putting together this podcast and congratulations on it. And uh, more so, thank you for putting together the community, or at least the framework for what the Active Methodist has become. So it's uh, it's great to see the post.
I don't post as frequently as, as some of the other folks, but I really enjoy having that connection. Yes. It's all about support and encouragement. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. What a blessing it is to hear uh, from others how they look at their and understand their own journeys in an active lifestyle. I mean, just being able to understand this concept of, of how we set goals, because for so many of us, goals are, are not something that necessarily means that we need to be faster, that we need to be stronger, but, but goals can just be something that make us feel like we've accomplished something. You know, if, if your goal is to finish, then finish. If your goal is to get stronger, get stronger. If your goal is to do something, do something. Find that goal that works for you, that works in your lifestyle, and it pushes you to continue this active life. I think if Alex taught us anything, it's that that to set those goals and to be aware and to learn from the ways in which you do things. And so what a great conversation. Again, thank you so much, Alex, for coming and joining us on on this third episode. Uh, And and friends, this completes the third episode. And so uh, I will talk to you next week. Uh, Next week, we have another episode coming at you. But, you know, I want to thank you so much for this conversation. Don't forget to check out the show notes. The link to our Active Methodists community on Facebook is down in there. You know what? I would be so grateful if, if now that you've listened to this podcast, you've heard these conversations, if you would follow or subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever podcast platform you listen to, just follow or subscribe to us. And know what? If you're feeling really super generous and you want to help us out, please go over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this podcast. Uh, I will tell you what, if you go over there and you rate and you leave us a review, I will read your review here in the outro of our next episode. So head on over there, give us a rating and review. I'd love to hear uh, how you're enjoying the podcast, what else I can bring to this conversational platform. I've got a bunch more episodes that I have coming at you all but most of all please please just just share this with others i think this is such an important thing as we consider the nature of how we care for ourselves i think an active lifestyle can be a great foundation for our understanding of self-care and so please share this with others and and invite them to become part of this conversation may god bless each of us and may we find ways to stay active in and for god's kingdom amen